It's time for First Voices Radio with Tilkison Ghost Horse. Please stay tuned. What makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Chasha. Ambetu wastelo, Tayama Chianke Chante waste na pechus up Le Chante etaha awogalake le unki piki hewastelo. Greetings and good day and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with a good heart. It's good for all of us to be here. And with this message, you are listening to First Voices Radio and Teokas and Ghost Horse, sending you greetings and strength from the highlands of the Asopus and the lands of the Munsee-speaking Lenape. This is an all-native hosted, all-native produced First Voices Radio, and Liz Hill from Red Lake Ojibwe Nation is the producer of First Voices Radio. It's about community, not just a human community. If we leave out community of nature, of those other species that are involved in giving us life and continuing to give us life, how the perspective is a little different and it's beyond the anthropocentric view that only humans form community. This is the conversation and I can welcome you. Thank you for joining us. I want to bring my guest, my honored guest for many years through that time of being on the air, and Stephanie C., who is the co-founder and board president of Rome Free Nation. By the way, RomeFreeNation.org is a website if you want to go along and look up the information that we'll be talking about here on First Voices Radio. Stephanie has been working in service to, to the last wild buffalo for over 20 years. Born in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, raised in Virginia, Stephanie learned about the continued war against wild buffalo in 1996 and has been advocating for them ever since. In response to their struggle, she moved to Montana on New Year's Day 2004, where she became the media coordinator for Buffalo Field Campaign, with whom she parted ways after 18 years. Stephanie has nearly 20 years of experience standing with the buffalo. She is also an avid wildlife photographer, backcountry skier, and horsewoman a member of Deep Green Resistance and co-founder of Rome Free Nation. And Stephanie trusts that the Buffalo have called us not just to help defend them, but to help us save us from ourselves, from the unsustainable and selfish creation of industrial civilization. Again, you can find Rome Free Nation at romefreenation.org. And Stephanie, it's an honor again to welcome you 
to First Voices Radio. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for all these years of solidarity. I really appreciate it so much. And I can't count how many times we've been on there together <laughs> talking about this species not really having a true true voice. Um, we seem like we're always talking about human rights and civil rights and right. Mother Earth rights, like we can give Mother Earth rights. But here we are talking about the bison, the buffalo, an original species from this continent. I realize there are other species in the world that also of also related to the bison or buffalo, but here it's North American bison or buffalo. And I want to understand, I, I'm not going to get into the politics of why you left the, the Buffalo Field campaign, but I think it's what compels you to now continue. This is the route that you've taken in order to bring a different perspective of the, the bison in their habitat and why we must look differently at the bison and not the, the other way, I would say, BFC or Buffalo Field campaign is. And I think what I wanted to know, especially when I read the latter part of your latter part of your bio, was that here to help save us from ourselves. And welcome again to First Voices Radio, Stephanie C. Thank you so much. I mean, we're as Rome Free Nation, you know, myself having spent so much time with the Buffalo over the last few decades, um, being with them, being in their presence, understanding their perspective, understanding how they walk and move and and deal with all the changes, all the things that come their way, you know, that's that's what we are trying to represent. And you know, there's all these human factors that just keep bombarding and bombarding and bombarding them, all this management, management, management. And that is not who we are. We are about the Buffalo's perspective and we want to represent that. And we do that to the best of our knowledge as they teach us how to. And um, so that's our kind of unique segue into this issue, which is a huge issue because these are like North America's largest land mammals who have grown and created the prairies and grassland ecosystems, and they have been hammered, they have been decimated, they have been killed and murdered and set back so much, and it continues today. And these ecosystems need them. These The land and the buffalo are one. We know this. We This is, I mean, you and I, we know this. The buffalo are the sovereignty of the land, and we want to help protect that aspect of what is going on. We are not interested in fences or quarantine or ear tags or any of that kind of stuff that is happening today to try to so quote unquote bring back the buffalo. That's not rewilding. That's not natural. We're looking into the buffalo's eyes and asking them what they want and moving forward with that. And part of that, you mentioned rewilding. A lot of people are seemed to me, they they really don't understand what that means to rewild something as if buffalo don't know how to be wild already. Right, right, um, right. That comes from an anthropocentric perspective. No, it's true. You're 100% right. I mean, there's so the, the, the human paradigm that we're dealing with today that's dealing with 
saving the planet is so anthropocentric. Anthropocentric. It's so human centric. People cannot, humans cannot comprehend that all of these others, all of the animals, they already know they've been doing this forever. Like we have no business telling them how and what to do. Does that make sense? We're looking to them for the answers. We are the we are the students. They are the teachers. They are the wisdom bringers. And that's where we come in is trying to facilitate their power in that hmm. in that gift. I was at a conference recently, Stephanie, where um, the person who has been studying environment and the animals across the planet, and um, he had and that. I hope I'm not misquoting here, but I think I heard that he said in the wild, in across the planet Earth, there's only 6% left of the wildlife that was originally 100%. And to me, that feels true. But of course, it's numbers. Um, this, this population here of the buffalo is a small percentage of the original blood DNA. And could you tell me more about the bison in, in that area of Yellowstone? Well, so we have here, so Yellowstone is so special. In the 19th century, when all the terrible slaughter, all the head hunting, the hide hunting, all of that was going on, I mean, the buffalo were driven nearly to extinction. I think pretty much most people know about this. But what most people might not know is that there were over two dozen individuals, well, 23 individuals who sought their own shelter. They saved themselves. They hid from these hide hunters and saved themselves from extinction as a wild species, as a free born, living born wild species. And Yellowstone was essentially created around that to protect them, to protect other places. There was a lot going on. There's a lot going on that we could talk about. But for these buffalo, that was a big deal. And so those 23 are the ancestors of the buffalo we know today who live in and around Yellowstone. And the genocide continues. It continues. And it's not just by the cattle interests who have waged this war against them. So the the it's not just Montana either. The livestock industry, the livestock industry doesn't want wild buffalo, migratory buffalo living on the landscape. They fear them. They fear them as a, a competitor for the grass and they want their cattle to eat all that grass. So when the buffalo start to restore themselves, that scares them. And out of that fear, they wage a war. And we're still dealing with this war. And they've made up all these excuses. Oh, they've got this disease, brucellosis. Well, hey, you know what? Your cows are the ones who brought this disease to this country. You know, I mean, it's it's insane. It's insane as the defining principle of this entire culture is insane. What is mm. happening to Buffalo is precisely the the microcosm of what is happening to the entire planet under this industrial civilization as we call it in your website roam free nation you talk about the war against 
against wild buffalo. And the 23 individuals, and I'm glad you called them individuals because they are beings also, but in a different perspective, at knowing how to survive, how to live actually rather than survive, exist and, and live with that part of the land that maybe their ancestors grew up with and, and even growing up on the, the more plain states. When I think about how would they continue once they are, of course, they're slaughtered, but it's the resilience that they have. And in a lot of stories go back, as you know, the reason why they got rid of the original species, it seems to me that it's a deeper meaning. Maybe there is something the mindset is that anything new is in the way, anything new to the, the the people who settled here, settlers, that everything was new and free. And there were people in the way as well as species like bison. And they didn't know the, the, how healthy the bison were as far as food was concerned, but they saw that that relationship between indigenous peoples and bison was much different than the husbandry that they were used to for centuries and that they could only come in ownership and take over that land. Therefore, they had to take over the lands of the bison. You see where I'm going with this story? Stephanie? Oh, absolutely. I think it's all about control. It's a control. They're control freaks. This, this culture is a control freak. And anybody, human or non-human, anybody who dares to, you know, represent their wildness is a danger to that industrial civilization they fear that and so they have to they want to they must control it and that's the that's the big that's the biggest problem that we face here and i mean it's the same with grizzly bears it's the same with wolves it's the same with wolverines we just got uh federal protection for wolverines just a few days ago give thanks but, you know, with the mindset of this culture, is that protection even going to be of help? You know, we need that protection for the buffalo. It's being considered for them. But even if they get that, are humans going to be able to control themselves? I mean, the whole industrial civilization is insane. And we know this. And everything that we love, everyone who we love, everyone who knows their job quote unquote on this earth how to caretake how to you know fertilize how to pollinate how to they're all in danger because humans want to control it all and they are destroying everything in the process and the buffalo are a perfect example living classroom of that mm -hmm. if humans could let go could just let go and let the buffalo walk the earth as earth intended. They would restore all the damage that has been done. They would help cool the planet that is warming up so fast. It's 50 degrees here today in Northwest Montana. It is raining in December in Northwest Montana. This is nuts. And the Buffalo, huh. we know they're carbon sequesterers. If they were, and I hate to use the word aloud because it's still human supremacy, but if they were allowed to regulate themselves be who they are be who the earth chose they would take care of all of this they would undo all the damage that has been done 
and they, I mean, they just would, and that's their job. And that's who earth chose them to be along with prairie dogs who are also being annihilated. Our friends at Prairie Protection Colorado are, are working very, very, very hard to protect all the last remnant tiny populations. I mean, the buffalo and prairie dogs share the same fate. They share the same situation. They are less than 1% of their historic habitat, of their historic range, less than 1%. And they are the caretakers of the whole entire, the Great Plains. And we wonder why there's all this drought. We wonder why there's all this dust and dying and weeds and because there's no buffalo, there's no prairie dogs. You have to bring them back. And humans have to understand that they need to let go of this control mindset and let the earth do what she needs to do and who she chose to be the workers in this in this beautiful web that we live in. I mean, we could talk about the tragedy of the, of the bison and uh, other species such as elk, who also have been implicated as carries of brucellosis. And like you said, yep. it came with another species, the cattle. And to, to think that the war against the bison is also a war against the earth, but that someone said to me that the bison or the buffalo, with every part of their body, we made tools out of or that we ate or that every part of their body is a tool to help regain or rebalance nature in what they're calling climate change. Because of this, Stephanie, also recently I just heard in, in the Lakota language, there is no word for extinction. Mm -hmm. They think about that uninterrupted as they go. People say species die out. Oh, that's not true. Those native peoples have this old language that doesn't really matter today. But yet, if you really understand there is no such thing as extinction, then maybe it's the animals also understand it, that maybe they go away for a while that is not there. And yet, like you know, they're finding what they think was extinct in places like Siberia. And there, there are seeds that are waiting to be reborn, and actually they do. So if we think about climate change as something that... Yeah, humans have caused it, but also the idea is that it's part of the change that she needs in adjustment to what we are doing to her. All right, so I get that. Behaving, behaving naturally, normally to this abnormal behavior that you're facing. You're facing the ugly faces, as you say, uh, of bison management. Now, it's a bi management techniques that I'm I'm sensing is what we really need to talk about. Can you tell me about these? So a lot has changed. Um, we used to see like anytime Buffalo would migrate out of Yellowstone into Montana, they would, <laughs> not, not much has changed. They would get gunned down or they would get rounded up and captured and sent to slaughter. Over the years, over the course of time, um, advocates myself, others, many others were able to um, advocate for land outside of the park in Yellowstone, in, in Montana, for Buffalo to be there year round, unmolested. But in the past decade or more, um, we have these 
hunts that are now taking place, um, state hunt, treaty hunts, multiple tribes who hunt under treaty right. And they come to Yellowstone and every time buffalo come out of the park to access these newly gained grounds, they get gunned down. They get shot. They're killed. They're, they're, they're toast. There's no way that they're ever going to be allowed, able to restore themselves on these lands or even beyond these lands so long as these things are taking place. So we once upon a time had, you know, serious hazing, chasing buffalo back into the park, rounding them up for capture, for slaughter. But today, the main threat, the biggest threat is when buffalo come out of the park, there's hunters there with rifles lined up, shooting down, gunning down entire family groups, matriarchs with, with little kids with, you know, family groups, <clears throat> the ones who know, the ones who know where to take you for the good grass, where to take you for the best water, where to take you through and around the predators. They're coming face to face with human hunters with rifles and they can't get anywhere. And that's what's happening today. Right now we're waiting. Like I said earlier, winter is not here yet. I mean, it's December, but it's 50 degrees outside. But as soon as winter comes, those buffalo are going to come because they have to. They have to migrate to lower elevation habitat. And when they do, they're going to walk into Montana and they're going to be met with rifles and they're not going to be able to get to the places they need to go. And that is the, it's the, a wall. It's a wall of resistance, not like beneficial resistance. This is a wall of war that is preventing them from allowing them to express themselves on the landscape. It's just a wall of resistance that it's very sad. Last year, we lost over 25% of the population due mainly to hunting. And it's not even hunting because there's no fair chase. There's no hunt involved. It's just kind of lining up at the park boundary and shooting every buffalo that walks across the line. It reminds me of the, the buffalo killing the massacres or genocide of the 1800s. Yeah, you know, no, when it's not much with, different. There's not much difference. And so we now we're in the future. We're here now that, that they said that maybe the buffalo are going to come back. But they also, if you really understand it another way, is that there people can say there are millions of buffalo because we see them in the shelves, you know, the ground bison, the bison parts <laughs> and things like this. But and that makes it okay to kill right. uh, bison things like that. What what's your right. what's their rationale that you think they are thinking? So so the thing is is that the um, America, the United States has used making buffalo livestock, they've used that to call it the greatest conservation success story. And that is not, you've turned them, you have diminished them into livestock. Now they're on, like you said, grocery shelves, they're all, you know, that you can get jerky, you can get meat, great. But they're fenced in, they're fed like livestock, they wear ear tags, they're vaccinated. Yellowstone is the one last place where these buffalo, they live with the elements. They live with the predators. They live with the grizzly bears. They live with the wolves. They live with the weather. 
they walk the earth. They bump into governmental boundaries for sure, but they walk the earth in like no other buffalo in this whole entire. So you have this false positive. There's no great conservation success story that's taken place. All that has happened is that they have, the the Americans have learned how to reduce the buffalo from being wild beings, from being natural beings into being behind fences. That's not success. That's not migration. That's not restoration. That's not success. So hmm. we see these, you know, people can drive across the country. Oh, there's buffalo in that field over there. There's buffalo in that field over there. But they're they're fenced in. They bump into barbed wire. That's not that's not how this works. They need to be free. They need to be beyond those fence lines. They need to be able to deal with the weather. They need to be able to deal with the predators. They need to be able to find their way, you know, without ear mm. tags, without cattle it's, prongs. It's very, very ironic that a country that talks about freedom cannot really understand how it is to experience that word being free. Exactly. Your website also talks about the, the people who helped form this Rome Free Nation. And one of your founders, Jaden Medicine Elk of the Cheyenne, Northern Cheyenne, also certain languages, a lot of indigenous languages have now assumed and picked up more of the English nuances, you know, the metaphors, the thing about being biophobic. What I'm saying here is maybe part of this understanding the differences is how do we address this biophobic within this language of English and try to bring more expression to why we fear nature so much? Is this maybe it's the same uh, source that we fear anything that seems to be in its original state and habitat? Your thoughts? It's a disease. This biophobic, it's a disease. And we have, I mean, I don't want to be cliche, but we have to decolonize our hearts and minds. We have to rewild ourselves. We have to turn back to the earth. We have to go back to our roots, our mother, our, our purpose in life. I mean, we have no, you know, today, like what? Everyone has jobs. Everyone has, they got a car, they go to work, they do this and that. And what's your purpose? Like, what is your real purpose? We're disconnected yeah. and we have to figure out a way to find that again. And the Buffalo can help us find that. If you come and you spend that time with them, they will teach you. They will let, they will teach you. And we need them so much for that. And many, many others, many non-humans will, all of them will do that. But it's like the Buffalo, they just, they represent everything. They are everything. And we'll return to the second part of this interview with Stephanie C who is with the Rome Free Nation, speaking about the relationship with bison or buffalo as commonly known. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is First Voices Radio. I'm Tio Kazin, Ghost Horse. Heart like gold and a rainbow in 
that was Sharon Birch with Brother Warrior. And this is First Voices Radio. My name is Teokasen Ghost Horse. Thanks for joining us for the second half of the interview with Stephanie C. of RomeFreeNation.org. If we are in fear of nature and we assume because nature is leaving our, our, our language, nature is gone it's not a force you know it's not it's good the language consumes our nature so to speak extracts from us our nature and when we are in the the mindset of getting jobs getting employment getting education that has to do with jobs that don't have anything to do with land it like we get all these jobs in in companies and corporations 40 feet 40 stories high or our jobs are on internet. Everything has to do with nothing to do with the land. No experience with the land. The land is out there. Yellowstone is is something of the past. Those all environmental environmentalists, those, you know, that's a thing of a past. You have to join us now. So what I'm thinking, maybe it's, it's starting to change the ideas that is your job these listeners here, you listeners, is it does your job have anything to do with land besides profiting from it, extracting for, from it, or even canceling the culture of Earth from your lives? Then you have to really question what are you doing here on Earth if you're not thinking about and with Earth, first of all. And this is 100%. why. 100%. Part of interviewing you is to know that you've been tied in with these buffalo for 20 years, and younger people, native people, need to hear this also. Again, I'll bring Jaden Medicine Elk of the Cheyenne Nation there in Montana. His job is to document, is to be who he is as a Cheyenne, and regardless of how many other native people believe him and accept him or whatnot, that he he knows purpose, and this is why. He understands the nature of buffalo and staying wild is part of being indigenous, not rebelling like, you know, the 60s people did or whatever. It's no, staying wild is a natural act, has nothing to do with the UN or civil rights or Mother Earth rights or human rights. It has to do with who we are as beings alongside the buffalo, so to speak. Yes, 100%. I mean, I don't even ever have to talk when we have these conversations because, you know, you know, every it's great. Mm. 100%. So what people like to say, what do we do? What do we do? And, and all that. What do we do? I mean, it's it's a big question because these agencies who are involved, they have us all in a pickle to where there's no one to talk to. Like anybody you they all point fingers at each other. You know what I mean? So it's just this vicious cycle no one takes responsibility, you know? So what do we do? We have to, I think we, at this point in time, I mean, there's opportunities for public comment and we've gone through that and we go through it again and again. But I mean, we need to just keep bringing this issue up. We need to keep talking about this. We need to make it public. We need to make it hot on social media. We need to make it a big deal because it is a very big deal because if we lose these buffalo we're screwed 
I mean, I don't, I don't think people understand how important they are to the health of the, they are, they are the grasslands. They are the prairies. We have to make this a big deal. We can't mm -hmm. just sit by and, and let some, you know, oh, I've got a trophy bull and, oh, I'm so cool. No, that's not okay. That's not okay. That is not what this is about. We have to make this a big deal. We have to help the prairie dogs. We have to help the buffalo. We have to help the water. We have to help everyone. We have to do everything we can to make it a big deal. It's, you know, uh, I don't... It is, it is a, a big deal because the big deal is going to happen to us where we exactly we, we we can't just not do anything anymore it's, it's going to happen we're going to like have to do something but exactly. as long as something as long as something is human centric is that's a loss but if it's nature centric earth centric there's no biophobia in you know living with like a buffalo they they are they are earth centric they are centered on keeping life as millions of years buffalo are an old species well humans been here who who knows how long but to, that to me long. that short short time that we've been here we've lost we've lost we relationship. Up. We yeah grow really in a mess of everything yeah growing up is part of that and people don't understand that growing up is not getting your four-year degree you know right. and raising right. a family that's that's human but it's also getting along with the land that, you know, what someone said, and I'm, I'm just going to go out and say this, Stephanie, is that someone said, it takes a village to raise a child. And I say, yeah, that, that's great. I, 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 that's true. But how about this? What if you, as a species, all your land was taken away? And I'll put indigenous peoples in this. All your land was taken away and you couldn't roam, you couldn't do anything, and you, you couldn't raise your child properly. Because that child, for that child, it takes the land to raise a child. Right. That's the difference in thought processes. Because we are so worried about ourselves that we're forgetting all that other other species that actually yep. are showing us how to live here. Yep. Yep. You know exactly what's going on. Yep. <laughs> Stephanie C., of co-founder of Rome Free Nation, the board president has been working this service for the last over 20 years now. That's that's two that's early 2000s and I plan yeah. to interview you again, Stephanie. But Thank is there you. any last thoughts or words that you have to say? Tell us what to do, where to go. Yeah. Come check us out on RomeFreeNation.org. You know, we're going to be in the field this season. We would love to have people join us. We we need support. We're, we're very, very small. There's just a handful of us right now. Um, so we need support, but we're going to be out there, be with the Buffalo. I know it's not easy for people to come to Yellowstone, especially if you're far away, but if you have any opportunity to do that, to come be with these Buffalo, they will change your lives forever. I promise you that. And we would love to take you around and show you and introduce you and, you know, be part of that with you. Um, but yeah, come check us out. There are things going on politically that people can take action on. It's kind of a lull at the moment, but uh, things are going to be stepping up. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is currently considering Endangered Species Act protection for these herds, for the Yellowstone buffalo. Um, and so we're 
fingers crossed that that is going to take place because nothing else is going to change this situation unless that happens uh, or something even bigger happens, <laughs> which we might be looking at. Um, but yeah, just stay in touch with us, stay in touch with us and, and we'll keep you informed and let you know what's going on and let you know what can be done at the moment and be with us, be with the Buffalo. Speaking for these silent nations speaks volumes when they actually, you see them in their environment, their habitat, their natural state of being is more powerful. I think this is why a lot of people don't understand. You can't go hunting with your camera because um, you become the hunted. You're in their mm -hmm. territory. But thank you, Stephanie, once again. It's an thank honor you. again to, to have you and helping, helping us to understand. It may be distant to a lot of people who are listening to this because they're, they're not used to having, you know, like, oh, what are we talking about saving Buffalo when we can't even save ourselves from each other? You know, hmm. it, it uh, maybe that's that's the irony of it. Maybe it's we need to pay attention now to the earth instead of ourselves, because we have to grow up. As many and many Native people have been saying, America has to grow up. Right. And yeah. So, but thanks and honor again, Stephanie C. from Rome Free Buffalo Nation. Well, cool. Thank you again, Stephanie. Thank and, you uh, so much. Yes.
ואנו אבקשי, ואחי החוב אתך, כה יהיה איתי
on the road, we're leaving now Gonna find the place they call tomorrow Tomorrow It's the place we dreamed about If we go, there ain't no doubt They'll follow They'll follow Suddenly we've come this far I realize there's so much more to this life to the stars We can never go too far Too far Take me to the stars Let's find out who we are Who we are I wrote a song with you in mind We can pass the past with you in mind For right now Oh yeah, you did not lose us here. This is First Voices Radio, and Teokas and Ghost Horse just going through a montage of music from First Voices Radio's archives in over the years. This past year, with the opening of Killers of the Flower and Moon, and 
part of that introduction of that movie was the Osage Oil Boom. And that was performed by Robbie Robertson. Then we followed up with Mainstream, Fleetwood Mac, and Family Man, interluded with The Sacred Pipe from the same movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, also by Robbie Robertson and the Osage Nation. And we finished up with Star People with the band Indian City, the album Code Red, with the composers Vince Fontaine and Chris Burke Gaffney from 2021. And as you may know, Vince Fontaine was a frequent guest here on First Voices Radio through the years, who was Anishinaabe. I want to thank you for joining us all throughout the years and, and especially this year for listening as we wind down this year and get up for the next year. More to come on First Voices Radio. I want to thank you especially for those of you who have supported First Voices Radio by listening, by being interested, by disagreeing, by agreeing, your commentary, your, your changed mind, or trying to change my mind, actually, and always to keep Mother Earth ahead of everything else because that's the mother of all of us and not just humans. Again, not just humans. All life that we often speak about here on First Voices Radio. And of course, you know you can hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Spotify. Thank you for listening to First Voices Radio. I will see you again eventually, surely, and know the power that is peace. Oh, shit.